Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for pressing play on the latest and newest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lake State. How's it going? My name's Robert Kerr, your host here as always, uh, coming to you uh, through the earbuds as usual and also on YouTube with a, a video this week. Uh, busy week, a big weekend in Michigan soccer as college soccer got on way. Uh, We're heading into the second week of the regular season for the boys fall high school season. And uh, there was a lot of other stuff going on too, including Detroit City FC getting a win on the road. There was also a cool event up in Mackinac Island, the uh, Mackinac Island Cup, the first edition as Livonia City FC traveled up to Mackinac Island and took on Upper Peninsula FC in an exhibition. Uh, I enjoyed it. I played it back and watched the full thing uh, on Monday morning, just yesterday uh, on Michigan Soccer Network. Uh, great to see. Great environment up there on Mackinac Island, and I love to see soccer uh, and the game being played uh, at the farthest reaches of our state. So very cool event there. Um, Michigan uh, college scene, like I said, that got underway as uh, U of M Wolverines got a big win over Gonzaga and a big in-state tilt coming up on Thursday as the Western Michigan Broncos uh, go up to East Lansing to take on the Spartans. So maybe you might uh, try to nip over to the middle of the state to catch uh, Mike Melarani and company, uh, try to uh, steal another Big Ten uh, scalp in state. So that'll be exciting. I uh, hope everyone's doing all right. It's been a, a stormy week here in Michigan uh, as uh, the kiddos go back to school. There was a lot of branches down on the way, navigating our way to uh, school this morning. So hopefully everybody has power and is doing all right. Big show this week. Like I said, we're uh, trying to make it more regular to have video on the show. And we got two great interviews on the way. Uh, we've got Celine, high school head coach, or Celine, <laughs> Saloon High School boys coach uh, Ryan Williams on the program. They got a big rivalry game set for Tuesday night. And I've also got Detroit City FC's head coach Trevor James on the heel of his 100th game in charge. The LaRouge uh, got a 3-0 win at the weekend and then will be coming Home to Hamtramck for uh, their uh, first of the remaining four home games in the regular season. So DCFC right now in the uh, last place of the positions to get into the USL Championship playoffs. The top seven go into the playoffs and they're currently in seventh. So critical that they uh, continue to uh, collect points here in the run and eight games to go for at home. So Trevor James, great interview as always, and he 
gives us an update on the status of a number of players and uh, really digs into uh, how uh, he had to dig into his squad to replace some of the injured players that went down earlier in their season. So great interview with Trevor James of Detroit City FC and uh, Ryan Williams of Celine uh, Varsity Boys team here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Welcome back here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. In continuing our coverage of the brand new uh, Michigan High School Boys Soccer season, we've got Celine High School Boys Soccer Coach Ryan Williams heading into or just has uh, liftoff for his seventh season in charge and his 17th season total being involved with the program. I'm very happy to have Coach Ryan Williams. Thank you for joining Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, sir. Thank you very much for having me, Robert. And I know on behalf of all high school uh, soccer coaches and players and fans, thank you uh, for getting you know high school soccer some more exposure. We, we appreciate that. Yeah, we're trying to uh, give as much exposure to all the soccer, no matter uh, the age level or uh, any otherwise division. Uh, there's so much soccer happening in Michigan. Everybody deserves a shout. Uh, your side uh, has started the season off well. Uh, you participated in the Balcony uh, preseason tournament and then uh, got two wins on the bounce, opening up with a 3-0 win versus Monroe, and then most recently at home, a 1-0 win over Ann Arbor Skyline. Um, what can you tell me about uh, uh, those recent games over the weekend, uh, especially uh, that tight one at home against Ann Arbor? It The one against Skyline was, was tremendously big for us. Um, Skyline, they're always a great team, well-coached by Chris Morgan, and every year it's one of our biggest rivalry matches. So uh, and they ended our season last year, so we played with a little chip on our shoulder and felt like uh, we played really well. And, I mean, it was a 1-0 game type game, and we had opportunities. They had some as well, and I was really happy um obviously to get to get the win but our kids played a complete 80 minute uh great game of soccer we didn't in the past we've had some you know stretches where we kind of uh took some plays off and you know we we would be outstretched or uh not fully locked in and i thought all 80 minutes our kids bought into what we wanted to do in that game uh very pleased with that Two days before that, when we played at Monroe, um, it was zero-zero game at halftime, and I thought we were playing well. But the kids, you know, they they were a little frustrated because we weren't. It wasn't resulting in the end goal, which was in the back of the net, and made a couple adjustments at halftime and came out and played really well in the second half to win that game. And the Balcony tournament, you know, a week and a half ago, we learned so much about ourselves. We the competition there is is so good every single year and to play Grand Blank and Salem and, and Clarkson, who's really good. I thought that we really learned, um, you know, every kid got minutes. We learned what it's like to compete against those top teams. So it's, it's been a great week and a half for us. Yeah. I imagine, uh, getting kind of a measuring stick that Balcony can, you saw the, uh, the top tier of the division one teams. And so you could, 
you know, you had some wins, some losses there. So you kind of, that was a, a good way to find a level kind of. Yeah. It's, um, we, we play in it every year and, uh, you know, we, we really appreciate it. They appreciate it that they continue to invite us back, uh, because it's every year, all eight teams there are probably, I mean, all eight teams are probably 20 top 20 teams in division one or, you know, something like that. They're all quality teams. Uh, we, we learned real quickly, uh, especially against Clarkson, we were playing a three back system and that was not going to work for us against, you know, those, those type of teams. So we made adjustments and, um, defensively, I always want my team to be organized and, and tough to break down. And, um, we were exposed and, you know, in certain, certain phases of phases of the game. So big learning day. And I think we've made some pretty good adjustments so far. So what's the uh, composition of your team this year? Like I said at the top, uh, your seventh year as head coach, and uh, you've been in the coaching um, office for 13, and then you played there as well. So you've been around for almost two decades in the building. Um, what can you say about the composition of the team this year? And then kind of uh, uh, what's the, the, the general theme of the program o- over your time there? Uh, it's, it is crazy how, how many fall seasons have been, uh, committed to high school soccer. I just, I love it. It's more than half of my life now. You know, I'm only 30 years old and 17 seasons have been at Celine. Uh, you know, this group is, uh, really well balanced. We have some, uh, tremendously good, good strikers up top. Uh, Christian Rossi, a, a forward at Celine, he's, in my opinion, should be considered in the discussion for a Mr. Soccer candidate. He's uh, was a first-team All-State player last year, and now he scored 60 goals uh, in his varsity career at Saline, which is the most by any player ever. Uh, we have a great midfield, and our back line is um, we have a four-year varsity center, center back, uh, Luke Allen, who's looking to play at the next level, and he's doing a great job leading our team. And our goalkeeping is great. So our team this year is very well balanced. I think we're going to score some goals. Um, and defensively, like I said, we we got exposed a little bit in the balcony. And I think we've learned a lot from that. So, you know, moving forward into this year, I think if we can be consistent in our performances, I think that it should be a pretty good season. Your team uh, over the last couple of years are in the uh... – um, you know, have very successful records last year, 13 and five. And before that 15 and two, um, where is your, uh, like you said, you have a, uh, you, you really like your team this year. What are the expect, what, what are your preseason expectations? Uh, you know, it's, and we go over this with our team every year when we go on our team trip, like what are our goals and, um, what do we want to be defined as at the end of the season, looking back at, at how the season went? Cause it does go by, it's a long season, but it goes by so quick. Um, you know, our, one of our main goals every year is to compete, uh, in the SEC red and to win our conference last year, we got second and we had won it the previous three years. So this year we're going to do our best to compete for a league title. And I tell our team every year, like, our, our end goal is to play together as long as possible. And obviously with that would, would come everything else, you know, winning a district championship, 
um, hopefully competing in, a, in regionals. And I think only one Celine team has ever made it to the state final. So, and, and these guys just love each other. They, they love being at practice. And, and I tell them like the worst feeling in the world is when, when you do lose that final game and, and then you're not, you know, lacing up the next day with, with all your best friends. So we want to, um, we, we really strive to try and play as long into October and, you know, hopefully November if possible. So, so that we can just be around each other because they really enjoy each other's presence. You've been the head coach, assistant coach, and a player for Celine. What's been the, uh, the very top, top moment, uh, your time there? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of highs, some lows, you know, not necessarily a lot of lows, but uh, it's always because these kids really, as I was just saying, they, every group that um, I've been around and, and helped coach, we really want the kids to play for each other. And, and really, I think, I know myself and a lot of kids that I have, I've coached, uh, they develop these relationships through high school soccer that, that are going to be there forever. And, um, you know, some of the highs, my, my junior year, I played in a state semifinal against East Kentwood and we lost. That was a memorable team. Um, you know, my seat, I had never lost a, as a player at Celine on our home field as a varsity player until my very last game when we dropped on to Ann Arbor Pioneer in the first round of districts. As a coach, um, some moments that stick out to me, we played uh, Alchemist in a regional final in 2000, I want to say 2014, and um, they were ranked number one in the state, and we played them at Grand Rapids Forest Hills Central Stadium. Uh, we won that game three to two, and it was just an awesome, awesome environment, great game to be a part of. Uh, we ended up losing in the semis to Canton that year, and then as a, and I was an assistant coach then. Um, uh, but as a head coach, some other memorable moments. Uh, my first year as a head coach, we beat Ann Arbor Skyline um, one to zero in, in a district championship game, and in that game, <coughs> excuse me, in that ga- game, Ann Arbor Skyline was ranked number one in the state and twenty zero and zero and. And, and we pulled, like, you know, a, a crazy upset in that game. And uh, so there's been a lot of highs, you know, and, and some tough losses. But, like I said, the memories that these kids have created are going to – they're going to last them forever. In general, uh, kind of as a uh, more of a, a macro look at the program and just maybe uh, high school soccer in Michigan as well, has the level of interest among, like uh, – like numbers coming to tryouts and then kind of uh, interest in the student body. Would you say that tide is rising or staying the same? What's like the, the general interest from players and the students alike? At Celine, it's, uh, we're really fortunate to have, a, it's a Celine, you know, right outside of Ann Arbor. It's a strong soccer community. We're, we're fortunate. We always get a good turnout at our tryouts. I would say it was a little bit, when I say we had 70 kids come out for our program this year. So we have three teams. Um, we're, we're super fortunate and happy every year we've that I've been around. We've had a freshman team, which is awesome. Uh, I know some other schools, I think some numbers are, are down a little bit. 
it varies obviously with that incoming freshman class year to year but um in our program the kids have um they, they were working really hard all all over the summer and they were super excited coming into this fall season and um we've been really excited about the uh incoming freshman class we have a very strong jv team um and our freshman kids uh they're working hard they had a tough loss yesterday at northville but um it's a good group and to have 70 kids come out um i don't know what, what every program is getting i think ann arbor said that they had around 70 as well so pr- pretty happy with that for sure uh from a coaching perspective what's the uh, the kind of like the the bottom line or baseline technical skill or ability that you want to see uh, any incoming freshman uh, or high school player have when they try to suit up for you? That's a great question. There, for me, I mean, it, it's speed of play. There's a lot of kids that, um, as far as making the jump from JV to varsity or high school soccer is just such a fast paced game. And um, a lot of times a kid, what will hurt them is their inability to play quick, quick enough and under pressure. So I, I just think that the speed of the game of kids um, technically they're always, you know, training to make it as realistic as possible because kids that over dribble or get their head down or don't see things quick enough, they'll struggle at the next level. And I think just kids, you know, at such a young age, if they're just training every day, doing everything quick, a quick tempo, uh, it'll make them a lot better and it'll benefit them in the long run. And then tactically, I I wish that more kids would uh, watch more soccer. You know, it's it's my job, obviously, to, to coach and to teach them. But I think that if they watched more soccer, it would it would help them tremendously. So you don't think your players are waking up on Saturday mornings and watching the Premier League or anything like that? I'm encouraging them to. Uh, it's 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 an exciting time of year with that starting up. So I know a lot of them. A lot of them are. They're always you know having conversations about it, which is which is great. I mean, seeing what is possible opens your eyes. Like, uh, I think we're roughly around the same age. I'm pro- maybe a little bit older, but you know. You'd be lucky to catch a game here once a year or outside of the World Cup. It was slim pickings up until the last, like, five, ten years. Um, just seeing what's possible and the the glory that you can achieve is also got to be motivating, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think um, these kids, you know, it's soccer in, in Michigan is it, – it's always been strong, but it is getting better and better. And, um, and I know kids are – doing their best to get uh, get looked at so that they can look and play at the next level. I know this this year's Celine team, we have um, probably out of any team that I've ever coached, more kids on my team this year are looking to play uh, college soccer than any team that I have had. So um, the kids are, they're doing their best to, you know, make highlight tapes. They're doing their best to reach out to coaches. I'm always happy to have a conversation with anyone regarding my, my kids. And it, they're, they're excited, you know, um, with what we've got going now. And I know, I think every kid on my team plays, plays at the club level, which is great. So they're playing year round and um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. 
You have a busy week ahead into the second week of the regular season. A game uh, we're recording early on August 30th. You have a game tonight, Tuesday, and then again on Thursday night. Uh, you face Ann Arbor Pioneer tonight, and then uh, you welcome uh, Temperance Bedford on Thursday. Um, what can you say about those games going in, and then uh, what kind of rotation do, do you do uh uh, for games that are so close together today today is it's massive it's uh ann arbor pioneer uh, Selene and pioneer have had a, a, it's a classic rivalry i mean when i when i went back to school i uh there was no ann arbor skyline so it was always pioneer was our biggest rival and i you know and these kids now they see skyline but pioneer and Celine every year is going to be a, a tight match and uh, the intensity, the um, energy—it'll be—it'll be an awesome game tonight, which I know our kids are excited for. Like I said in the beginning of this, Pioneers won our conference last year, so uh, they're the defending league champions, and so we're we're going in to do our best and try and uh, get a top of, of the table and, and win tonight. Uh, and then with Bedford on Thursday, I don't know too much about them this year yet. Uh, but I know that, you know, they, they always, uh, circle Celine, I'm sure for, for a huge game for them. So they'll give us their best effort. So we're going to, it's, it's always a quick turnaround in high school soccer and having that consistency and in, in our play is going to be key. We do have a good roster size with 22. So I think all kids will have opportunities this week, which is great. And hopefully we can continue to, uh, continue to play well. When you have games uh, 48 hours apart, um, is there much training uh, out in the field in between those? Our, you know, it's not it's not heavy on the legs at all because it is it, it is a lot and it demands a lot from these kids. Uh, but we'll address things that I'm I'm always uh, looking. I'm always addressing the positives that we do as well. Uh, not only looking at you know what happened here, what could have been better. I'm always pointing out things that we did well the night before and addressing that the next training session. And then um, we'll do a lot of work on uh, set plays um, and just talking about being more organized typically. But uh, it, it's more of it's not necessarily a walkthrough, but it will be. It's always a little bit lighter in between because 80 minutes, uh, you know, on a Tuesday night. And then another 80 minutes in intense games, it's it's difficult for anyone to do. So it won't be a hard session in between. It never really is for us, but the focus, it's so important to keep them uh, mentally checked in for, for that training session so that they're prepared for the next game. So very exciting night on Tuesday night. Uh, Celine versus Ann Arbor Pioneer. Would you say it was a classic uh, rivalry? Yes. Oh, it's. It's every year. Um, the games are very, very intense. They're uh, the kids. They so many of the kids play club together, so they're all good friends. Um, so they're always playing, you know, to win those games for you know uh, a little bit of pride. And then you know they're buddies. They all shake hands, and it's it's all you know fun and games afterwards. But those eighty minutes, it, it'll be it'll be a great test for us. That sounds very fun, very fun. Well, all the best to you, Coach, uh, in your seventh year at the helm. 
of Selene High School Boys Soccer Team. Thank you, Coach Ryan Williams, for joining the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you so much, and, and keep up the good work. We appreciate it. Michigan Soccer Central Podcast here. Very excited to be joined by a returning guest. We had him on last year ahead of the NISA Championships and at various times after Detroit City FC games over the weekend. He just uh, came out victorious or his team came out victorious and it was his 100th game in charge. Coach Trevor James of Detroit City FC, thank you so much for joining me here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Not a problem. Glad to be here. Yeah, so I guess we'll start with uh, most recent news. You went on the road and won 3-0 away at Charleston. Uh, that was the first time the team had hit uh, the three-goal mark since May. Uh, tell me uh, about the game and uh, what it meant to uh, to hit the back of the net so many times. Well, it was, you know, first of all, it was an, another good performance. You know, we've, we've, we've had, uh, been on the back of two or three pretty good or uh, very good performances one in, in Birmingham and then then the performers at home to Louisville which unfortunately we didn't get the result we wanted um so we're, we're the performances have been been good but we've just been missing that the, you know in the final third creating enough chances or, or our final ball letting us down and, and not finishing the chances we did create so to to go to Charleston and and to score three in in the second half obviously was fantastic for us we you know we we often puffed a little bit in the first half, and our quality wasn't quite quite what it should have been, or what, quite what we wanted to to uh, to score the goals. But second half, it it was much better, and uh, and you know it was good to good to see and uh, nice to score three goals, as you say, because a lot of our goal, our games are, are one goal games, or they have been one goal, and it's tied, or it's one nil up, or one nil down. So it's it's very much a, um, a, a, a stress test for me every week. So it was nice to score three goals and, and hopefully re- and I had a chance to relax a little bit. Uh, yeah, I imagine uh, it's been such tight margins throughout the summer. Um, I'm getting distracted by your beautiful background here. We're doing it via video and you, you're in such a, a, a soccer a gold mine here. What you got behind you there, coach? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm actually. I'm doing the 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 interview from we're inside the club shop, and we, you know, so you can see a lot of the goodies that uh, that our fans, uh, you know, are so so uh, gracious keep supporting us and and buying, and and uh, so we're just doing it in the club shop. So there's some goodies goodies behind me, and uh, and obviously the merchandise has has been massive for us. So it's great to actually be sitting around so much uh, so much color. Uh, great background here uh, for us talking. Um, kind of in the ahead of the home stretch, but uh, like I said in the intro, this weekend's victory was uh, your hundredth game in charge. Um, did you know that going into the game? And then uh, can you kind of maybe pick out some some moments through this this hundred games in charge? 
Well, I did know it. I mean, obviously, that um, social media made a uh, you know a, a note and commented on it. So and and uh, so I was aware that it was the hundredth game. I didn't, you know, I, I hadn't counted them up and 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 thought about w- which one's going to be the hundred, but but apparently it was. So uh, so I was aware of it, and um, you know, and it just seems to have you know gone so quickly. You know, it's this is the, f- the fourth season I've been here. Uh, and, uh, you know, just to think that, you know, going back to the first game or the second game and, and uh, having those at, at Keyworth and then uh, and then hitting the 100 mark, it just seems to have gone so quickly. But uh, I think uh, when you get older like I am, then things do go a lot quicker, it seems. But, uh, no, but great. Some great memories, obviously, through the, through the games. We've, you know, I've been fortunate. We've been very fortunate here that, We've had a lot of success in the three and a half years I've been here. Um, you know, whether it was winning cups or, or winning, you know, trophies and, and uh, league league championships, uh, and obviously sprinkled in there was you know um, beating Liga MX teams, you know, Atlas in uh, in uh, friendly games and 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 playing you know international friendlies. So. So a lot of a lot of good uh, a lot of memories stick out along the way, but uh, you know nothing probably will be as big if we can just finish this season and have a few more good nights at Keyworth and and uh, let's get into these playoffs and finish as high as we can would be uh, would be the uh, icing on the top I think. Kind of uh, looking forward at that uh, that the run in where you said the, those goals of getting as high as you can and getting to the playoffs and making some noise. Um, I guess what has been the the thing that has made uh, getting those goals and making those such tight margins? What's what's been the 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 reason for that? Like like you said, you had a little bit of uh, ability to relax with a, a wider score line, but they've been uh, testing your blood pressure with the the fine, fine score lines throughout the summer. What, what's kind of been uh, the reason for that? Well, I think, you know, it's, you know, the, the, you know, the standard answer and the obvious answer probably is that every team of, of, in this, in this USL championship are very good. Um, and that's, you know, that's, you know, all credit to the league and all credit to the other organizations. You know, there is no, there is no easy game um, in the league to play. So every game is, is a battle. Um, Charleston was a battle for us. I mean, the first half it, it could, could have gone either way, and then obviously the second half was was much better for us, and, and we'd come out on top. But in every game, you go through you go through ebbs and flows where people are on top, and you have to defend. And if you can get through those those periods, then you you've got a chance to win the game. But um, you know, the the standard is so good that you know we you, you can't take any plays off you can't you take anything for granted and it's the moment you don't uh, you don't work as hard as you can and we're a very hard working team we're a very collective team a very hard working team uh, which uh, which represents Detroit very well um, so that's us but uh, you know if, if, if we don't do that we know that it's uh, extremely difficult to get results so I think answer to your question is that you know, all the teams are are good, and if uh, and if if you're not on your game, then it does come down to those those margins of who can finish their chances. And and we went through a spell, or we certainly have been through a spell where we haven't 
we haven't created as many chances as we did early on, and we certainly haven't taken the chances uh, as as often as we did early on. So, combination of that, and um, uh, you know, and hopefully uh, we've broke out of it now, and hopefully we'll uh, we can relax a little bit more, and and hopefully play with a little bit more freedom. What's been the uh, the biggest surprise uh, for you in this league this year? What's been like the unexpected variable that has been thrown your way this year? Um, I, you know, I, I, and I, I've said it before, and I, I think that the, the you know the, the the most pleasing surprise is the biggest surprise, I suppose. But it's the most pleasing surprise is is just you know how well our players have done. You know, the, you know we know that there's. there's teams with much larger budgets we know there's teams with much bigger stadiums we, we you know and 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 the weather may be better in in some markets than it is in, in Detroit certainly first part of the season so we know that you know the you know that it's a battle against you know the so-called bigger clubs and I think that when we came into the league um, we brought I think a total of nine players who had not played in the USL Championship before, if they had, you know, a handful of games. So I think the, the biggest surprise, um, and it is a pleasant surprise, I'm not, I'm not saying I didn't want it to happen because I did, is the fact that, you know, so many players not only stepped up to say, yes, I can play in the USL Championship, but to actually play at the higher end of the league. And that's, you know, all credit to them, That you know, the, the reason we're in, Sitting in a playoff position right now with eight games to go um, would probably been been a you know a big surprise, and we would have said, well, we'll take that before the the, the kick of a first ball. But you know now we we realise why we're there, and it uh, is that the players that we did bring are well well capable of playing in this league, and and obviously to play at the higher level. So that's the that's the best surprise and probably the biggest one because nobody we had a, um, a number of players that we didn't know how the league would uh, how they would how they would be affected by the league one of those players that uh, didn't have any usl championship experience uh, that became a key was a uh, no doubt uh, devin amu mensa who played every minute up until his uh, unfortunate uh, serious injury uh, tell me about how uh, you've been able to adjust uh, the squad since uh, losing Devon. Yeah, it was a major loss for us, as you you said, Robert. He, you know, he was an absolute standout. He's, you know, you can't I can't remember a game he played where he didn't play well this year, um, and uh, and and to lose him in 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 such a such a way we did with a, a non not really a tackle or a challenge and he just stood he just stepped funny or not funny but he stepped um in a way that uh, affected his knee as it did and uh, yeah and it's a major loss for us but you know in in him not being there again we've we've been a very much a collective group and people have have have, have always been you know we always say that we've, you've got to be ready for change because the sure thing is it will change and you've got to be ready when it's your turn. And and we've had um, um, Michael Bryant play there, and Carl Komet play play there, and and uh, and even Abdullah Diop has played there. Uh, and all three have done extremely well. So we've been very fortunate again that you know with the with the the the, the players who stepped in, 
have, uh, as I say, not just stepped in, but stepped up and have performed very well. So it's, uh, it's, it's a, a challenge for me to, to, you know, to can't pick, I can't pick them all, but uh, I can't pick them all to play there. So it's always a challenge for me to, to make those decisions, but all three of them have done great. And, uh, and lately Michael has been in there and uh, Carl has, has, uh, has, has been uh, on the bench ready to come in. So, but whichever one plays, uh, they've never let us down. And I don't, I don't see any reason why they will. They've been outstanding. Uh, being prepared to, for change is definitely something for us all to hold on to. Um, and you, you pretty much, uh, you, you went in the direction with Michael Bryant and he's had to change or he has adapted and changed his position. How many positions has he played for you this year? Well, I think he's, he's, I think I'd say three, but it may be four because I, I, you know, I thought about it a little bit and he's, he's played both sides of the back. He's played in the center of the back. He's played as a, the right wing back. And I've also in different games, we've pushed him more of an attacker midfielder uh, just because of his creativeness. But um, yeah, he's probably four, four positions he's played. And, 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 you know, I still asked him the same question, which is your best position. And I'm not, you know, I'm not sure he knows. So, uh, but it, it doesn't seem to matter with Michael, whichever, whichever role you asked him to do, he seems to, you know, um, grab it and, uh, and and certainly wins wins his battle from what, of what part of the field he's on, whether he's on the right, the left, in a midfield role or defensive role. So he's, as I say, he's in, he was one who came and and I always thought he was he could play at a higher level. Uh, playing against him, we played against him a few times, and I always thought he could play at a higher level um, if he if he could get his focus and concentration and want to do it. And he's came here and. And prove to prove to us and everyone else that he, he does want to do it. So, um, you know, but I think I don't know which is the best position out of the four for him. But uh, I doesn't think he know either. Uh, players that are able to move all around the field and adapt quickly is that more of like a a, a, a football IQ sort of a, a a skill or is that athleticism or a mix of both? Do you think? I think it's a mix of both. I mean, you know, when you said IQ, I thought, yeah, that's it. It is, you know, it is being able to understand what the what the role is and, and, and how to read the game from, you know, different angles and different positions on the field. You have to read the game. So, you know, the, the IQ is, is massive. But I think you're also right when you said, you know, the athletic, because different positions need uh, different skill sets. Um, so... Um, you know that's that's where where Michael comes in. He's 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 a very intelligent footballer uh, and um, reads the game very well. And uh, and as I say, he's got stronger, you know, stronger physically as the season's gone on uh, from pre-season. We've worked very hard. We've obviously improved our facilities at the club. We have a have a gym now, and uh, you know, which we didn't have last year. So. The boys get to work out in their own gym rather than having to go outside. So there's there's more there's more conditioning work. We have a, a strength and conditioning sports science coach um, who covers that. It's Sam Sam Joyce who does a great job um, with the boys, and they're all you know you you can look at them whether it whether it be Steve Carroll or with Devin Menser or Matt Lewis or Michael Bryant. They're all look stronger, bigger. Uh, and, and better athletes, and obviously that's going to make a difference. 
uh, along with the, the the soccer IQ. Yeah, you bring up a, a, a separate question almost of when you see uh, how um, deep the like the amateur ranks are across the country and, and especially in Michigan right now, how many of those guys that only play those summer leagues, how much would they benefit if there was more opportunities for full time? Because you see a little glimpse, but uh, I mean, putting months and months of working out and training, it helps you get better. So I don't, I mean, I'm not sure what my question is, but uh, what, how many players are out there do you think that could get to that level, but they haven't had the opportunity to train at that high level uh, regularly or right. at that no, length no. of time? No, I think there are. I think there's quite a few. You know, we I, and I obviously look at as much of the the soccer in, in Michigan as I can, and and uh, you know, so so we have a, an idea of who's out there and and who who the next Michael Bryant is going to be or the the next Devin Mensah is going to be, and uh, and they're certainly out there. And it's it, it is it is you know trying to trying to work to give them the opportunity, and and if they have the right mentality. Which is the main thing once you get into a club full time. You know, it's a it's a big difference from from you know what you're used to playing. But if you've got the mentality and the and, and the willingness to work hard, um, yeah, there's quite a number out, out there, Robert. And I'm sure, you know, hopefully we'll see one or two playing for Detroit next season. Yeah, uh, you had a, a number of signings or three signings throughout the summer, and some we haven't seen, and some are just coming on. Can you give any updates on uh, the three summer signings, uh, uh, Goddard, uh, Foster, and Matthews, and where they are and fitting into the group, and when we might yeah. see more of some of them? Well, um, Yazid Matthews was was with us before, and um, and he's been training with us for throughout the year. Um, so we 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 brought him on uh, as we needed reinforcements in the in the attacking positions uh, for the for the remainder of the season. Uh, so, so we we brought uh, Yazid back on. He's you know, and he's again, he's another one who's who's benefited from the full time training and the, the you know the the the, the fitness uh, the fitness side of it, and the nutrition side of it uh, that we look after the players at. So he's he's bigger, stronger, and quicker than he was last time he played for us. So he's improved. Um, he came on off the bench on Saturday, and he also started the game in Birmingham. Um, so we're building up his his minutes, if you like, so that uh, so that he's is available to to get to the ninety minutes when we need, or if if and when we need. Uh, so that's where he is. Um, Richard Foster joined us in in uh, Charleston, um, and unfortunately. We couldn't get his concussion testing done prior to the game, which meant he wasn't eligible to play. The players need to have the physicals and the uh, concussion testing before they're eligible, and he couldn't. He, we couldn't get it done, so he was he was ineligible. But Richard is is a uh, very experienced player. Played in Scotland and in England, but in Scotland for a, I think we talked today, and I think he's played like six hundred and fifty games at the top level. I mean. And he's joined us as a player assistant coach. He's, you know, he knows that, he, you know, he's 36, 37 now. So his playing years are, are not, um, you know, he doesn't have too many of them left, even though he's he's still extremely fit and, and ready to go. So he's here now, but he's also assisting me as a player coach to have somebody 
you know, who can actually get in the field, get on the on the uh, with the players and play on the field. So he'll be um, he's done his testing today, and he'll be he'll be available for selection on Saturday. Um, and uh, Cy Goddard, a young player, a younger player who spent I think eight years at Tottenham Hotspur, part of their academy, and and so on and so on. He's played around the world. He's played in India and won the championship. He's played in Australia. Um, so he's um, he's experienced uh, very vast experience for his for his young years, really. So he joined us. Uh, he got into town last night. He did his his uh, physical also this morning. So. He will train tomorrow, and again, he will also be eligible for selection on Saturday. So all three are now effectively on the roster and eligible for for selection. Uh, good information there. Have you ever in your uh, uh, career had a, kind of like such a razor-thin margin as far as squad depth? Um. Close, yeah. I think you know. While I've while I've been at while I've been at uh, at Detroit, each year we've we've only carried a small roster. Um, this is the smallest roster to play in such a league as the USL Championship. Um, so, so it has it has been. You know, we've we've had you know five substitutes um, for a lot of the games. Um, so yes, we didn't we haven't had the full number. So it is. It is close to to razor thin, as you said, but now with these additions, it it makes a it makes a big difference. So, along with the sat- past Saturday's score line, and then a couple more guys on the bench, are you breathing a little bit easier here going into this final stretch? Yeah, I think so. As I said, we have, we you know we you know we have cover in in all positions. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we had you know cover in all positions. You know, prior to the end of the season, and and hopefully we play in the playoffs, and and uh, with the you know the roster freeze deadline, which will come in September, we wanted to make sure that we needed that we had everybody, you know, in the roster that we need. So we're very close to doing that. So we'll, we'll do that before the roster freeze. Um, uh, so then we'll you know we'll know what we can go with and uh, and and focus on getting as much out of these next eight games as we can and and, and hopefully a, a, a playoff run. Uh, before we talk about this, uh, this run into the playoffs, um, one of the things I've been meaning to ask you, it kind of came up, it came to a head a little bit early in the season as far as uh, the fans adjusting to the, the new leagues and requirements and that. And there was the, the protest, uh, uh, I think it was Columbus game and, the excitement of the night and uh, the cold kind of getting to my brain. I didn't ask the question I wanted to. If in any of your stops along the way had had you had anything like that where there was a kind of a, a an at odds with like the supporters kind of and at an odd spot as far as how they could express themselves. Um, I don't think so. I you know thinking back, I don't I, I can't remember anything which which was you know, along those lines that. Uh, they they obviously expressed their 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 views in the way they did. Um, you know, there may have been one or two, you know, where there were a minute silence of here, there, and and everything with as a protest, but not. Uh, now that would be that would be the the first one I think I've experienced as that. Um, where do you think that uh, 
goes forward, like, I mean, obviously there's been huge crowds at uh, Hamtramck this year. Do you think that, have they been steadily growing as the, the temperature's been getting warmer throughout the year? Yeah, yeah, they have, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the last number of, uh, last bunch of, of home games have, have virtually been sellouts and, uh, you know, each game. So it's, you know, the atmosphere and, you know, it's, it's electric. Everybody's, you know, you're you're a yard or two away from the field. Everybody's hanging on the on the fences and uh, making it very difficult for the opposition. So that's always good. Um, no, so I think as the weather has got gotten gotten better, then the crowds have certainly gotten better. Yes. So you don't think that that earlier signs of the previous question I was talking about with the process whatnot. Do you think that that's taken any energy out or do you think that uh, everything's kind of pushed on and kind of people have talked it out? Yeah, I think it's probably moved on. And as I say, I don't think it's taken any energy out from, from, from the support we get. You know, now it's, you know, the, from, from minute one to minute 90, however many minutes we play now, uh, uh, they don't stop. You know, they're, 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 they're singing, they're drumming, they're dancing, they're jumping around. Um, and that's not just the Northern Guard side. I think the, the the family side of the stadium is is also joining in. So it's it's a very it's a very um, noisy place to be. Um, the hardest thing is to, to get any information onto the field because the players can't hear can't hear a word I say. So you know, we, well, they pretend they can't anyway. Let's put it that way. Maybe they can and they pretend they can't, but. But no, no, but it's. Uh, I think it's moved on, and uh, and the support has been absolutely fantastic. And you know, with the remaining home games, I'm I'm sure they're going to be sellouts again, or as close to as as they are. And uh, the support will be, you know, again. It seems to be win win uh, win lose or tie. The support doesn't change. It's 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 a hundred percent on, and and I, I don't don't think it'll be changing uh, for the rest of the season. Yes, four home games uh, remaining in the regular season, uh, eight games to go uh, in the debut USL championship. Top seven in the division uh, go to the playoffs. You guys are in seventh with 11 wins, uh, nine draws, and six uh, defeats. Um, there's a bit of a gap uh, to the team below you after the win on Saturday. Um, I guess kind of what's the approach as far as you got to get those wins to stay in that top seven. But at the same time, you know the the best is yet to come, right? How do you? Where's that balance of you know putting your best foot forward, but then also having that extra gear when it comes down to a one game situation? Yeah, well, I think you know, as you say, we're we're a few points clear, but we still don't have enough. We know we don't have enough yet to to be to say we're in the playoffs. We know that right now, so. We're aware of that, but at the same point, Robert, we, we've been looking up. We, we, you know, I think we're five points, five points away from the fourth position, and the, the you know, the, the top four games for the top four teams get home games uh, in the playoffs. So um, we're still looking up. If we can have a, if we can finish on a very strong run, uh, we'll see how close we can get to to the, You know, if we if we have a strong run, we'll see how close we can get to it. Uh, to to finish in the top four because that would be massive for the club not only to to host uh, the playoff game but um, but likewise for the team there, there are not many teams who like to come to play uh, to play at Keyworth so it would be great to host any of them at Keyworth in a in a playoff game but 
you know, we won't be greedy. That's what we're what we're aiming for. But we'll be we'll be well satisfied if we in our first season, if we could finish it with a playoff position, that would be outstanding. Yeah, many teams don't get the uh, the boisterous support that uh, you guys do at home. Do you see the communication issues of maybe they're used to being able to hear their coach and then they can't add uh, keywords? Yeah, absolutely. You can you can. Uh, you know, you can tell that the, the frustration builds, you know, whether it's because of the close confines or the noises or or, or maybe the, the locker room is not quite as big as, as the one they're used to. I, I, I don't know. But you can see that the frustration builds. And uh, and if it if it if it's if people are frustrated on the sideline, they're normally frustrated on the field. So um, it's worked in our advantage a lot. I mean, we've had some very good nights and days at at Keyworth, and and let's hope that we have a few more before before the season ends. Uh, next up on Saturday night, you welcome uh, Indy Eleven uh, into Keyworth, and they certainly probably have a much bigger uh, locker room back at home. But uh, what do you expect uh, from the match uh, on Saturday night uh, with Indy Eleven? Mm-hmm. Well, again, you, you got you got to respect who you're playing. Obviously, they're one of the the larger clubs. If you if you like if you if you judge things on on the roster size on the you know the, the salary budgets on you know their facilities and so on and so on so you know they're they're obviously a, a, one of the one of the major major players in in the USL championship they've had a, a poor season for their standards um, you know they, they would again we're talking about trying to aim for a top four position they probably would have seen themselves in that sort of role before a ball was kicked this year so they haven't had the they've had you know not a good season to this point but you know they they beat it san antonio they beat a very good san antonio side saturday um so it shows you that the qualities the quality of player they do have so I, again I, I think we just need to be aware of who we're playing and make sure that um we play the team in front of us, not the team that we feel are uh, a couple of spots below us in the in the standings. You know, it's uh, uh, they're, they're a far better side than where their standings are. But as you, as we know, it's uh, the results which will count in the end. So, very true, very true. Um, if you had been told back in uh, the winter time that you'd be in this position, uh, sitting in the table where you are, would you? Uh, would you believe it and would you take it? I certainly, well, I certainly would take it. Yeah, I certainly would take it. Uh, you know, not having to play 20, um, 20, how many games it is, 26 games already. Um, so I certainly would have, would have taken it. Um, it, as I said, I, I thought if we can be, if, if, with the amount of players who we were bringing up, we would have been really interested to see them develop. And maybe the first year would have been a more of a development league. Uh, development season for us um but uh yeah so I, I think we you know i didn't i didn't i didn't see us being at the top of the league and i certainly didn't see us being at the bottom of the league but uh so um around the mid table would have been what i thought that you know in our first year would have been an acceptable um effort for a first season uh, but as i say people have just stepped up and and played well above uh, any expectations of a lot of people and including me at some points and uh, and thoroughly deserve to be where they are 
Well, your Detroit City FC takes on uh, Indy 11 a Saturday night at Keyworth. Uh, the excitement just keeps on building as it gets to the business end. Uh, thank you so much for spending a few moments, and it's very exciting. You have a few more players to select from uh, the new players uh, ready for Saturday. Thank you for uh, giving us the information there, and thank you for joining the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Thanks for having me, Robert. Anytime. It's a pleasure. Thank you, listener. We're just about wrapping up this week's edition of the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Thank you to my awesome two guests this week, head coach of DCFC, uh, the uh, legendary Trevor James, as well as Celine High School uh, head coach uh, Ryan Williams. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the guests who have come on to the Michigan Soccer Central podcast you have uh, all the guests have always been great and uh, be sure listener to check through the back catalog, go through on Spotify and check out uh, over a year's worth of podcasts. We've been doing it each and every week since uh, last May, May of 2021. And we've been putting out at least week weekly shows, sometimes multiple shows per week for over a year now. So plenty of amazing uh, stories, experiences, and perspectives from the game of soccer being played right here in the Great Lakes State. Uh, be sure to uh, submit your team of the week. Congratulations to uh, the Chippewa Boys uh, Varsity for being the Michigan Soccer Central. We are soccer uh, team of the week for the first of the 2022 fall season. And if you want to submit or nominate your team that's had an outstanding performance on the field or maybe did something remarkable on the uh, out in the community off the field, uh, submit your team to Michigan Soccer Central or We Are Soccer. We are partnered up for Team of the Week once more. Uh, get your nominations in by Thursday each week, and you have a chance to have your team or the team you nominate uh, given a big old shout-out on this program as well as We Are Soccer, which is back up and running live on Sunday nights. Uh, check Craig out. He is back up and running. So thank you once again, listener. And thank you to Jenny Hajnaki for editing this program as always. And thank you to the Michigan Soccer Central core team. And with so much soccer, um, there's high school, there's college games that have highlighted at the top of the show, just great rivalries and lots of matchups as well as the professional teams in action, a home DCFC uh, game. So I look forward to hearing about those games and taking a lot of them in. Let me know if you've taken them in. Uh, so plenty to take in and plenty to enjoy. So until next time, everybody, please enjoy your soccer. Hey.